Francisco d'Anconi. Welcome to another episode of Face to Face with me, Saeed Ali. Today, we'll be talking about the rise of right-wing organizations, who some would say have an anti-Islam agenda. One of those people is Laura Stewart, a human rights activist and a revert to Islam. Uh, Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay. You say there are groups out there with an anti-Muslim agenda. Who are these groups? There's a, there's a whole industry, not just groups. There's a whole industry that we refer to as the Islamophobia industry that comprises of various groups. For example, the very well-known now Henry Jackson Society and an offshoot of Henry Jackson's student rights. And um, th this is the case in America and the UK. Mm -hmm. And they have huge funding. They're very sophisticated and they're very active at making our lives more difficult. Uh, you say making our lives more difficult. I mean, how, how are they doing that? Well, they have a lot of credibility um, with the media. The media often represents Muslims and Islam in a very negative light. People like Douglas Murray, for example, of the Henry Jackson Society, they have a huge amount of access to media. So their voices are heard. Mm -hmm. And what they say about Islam and Muslims is, is generally very, very negative. On, alternatively, um, unfortunately, we're not as organized as we, as we possibly could be. And we're not representing ourselves very well in the media. Um, we don't have enough spokespeople to, to be ready just to appear at short notice for an interview and uh, give, a, a give credible responses to, to events that involve Muslims as and but, when they happen. But, I mean, what do they have to gain from having a, an Islamic phobic star or an anti-Muslim uh, agenda? I'm, sh I'm sure they would deny this, that they, that they don't have any uh, bias against Islam. I mean, what do they have to gain from, from, from being anti <clears throat> when, whenever I've researched their groups and, and read articles that they, they promote, I find that, generally speaking, their anti-Islam um, slant at the same, uh, comes from their wish to promote um, Israeli interests. So the two things are undeniably mm. connected. Promoting Israel, promoting um, I would say wars and conflicts. I would say that was also in the interests of Israeli hegemony in the Middle East and, of course, in the interest, financial interests of the arms dealers. So they, their agenda is to, <coughs> uh, I would say, divide and rule, the old tactic uh, of divide and rule. Uh, we, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to... Uh, uh, the Israeli connection, which you've mm. alluded to in your article. Mm -hmm, uh, absolutely. Uh, we'll come back to that. But, uh, but I, I just still don't understand what they have to gain from uh, pursuing this uh, agenda uh, against Islam and Muslims in the UK. There's obviously the people that are backing them obviously have their reasons for doing it, whether it's the banks, the arms industry. Yeah. They choose their people very, very carefully and they there are people employed full-time. As you know, we have yeah. our own Majid Nawaz and people, yeah. people like that in the UK. 
whose whose uh, whose salary is earned really mm. from making lives more difficult for Muslims in yeah. the UK. What they have to gain from it, I think they're keeping us all busy with um, with with survival. They're keeping the Middle East engaged in 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 conflict, setting one side against the other, mm -hmm. and so long as the Muslims remain divided, we will be weak. Mm -hmm. and busy with um, merely surviving. So that allows the interests that they they represent, for example, uh, the state of Israel, that allows them to remain yeah. um, in power and, and, and strong and not having to face a coherent force on, on the other side. Yeah. I mean, w what are the kind of things that they're propagating against Muslims in the UK? I mean, what are they spreading? Well, all summer, all summer, for example, this year, the topic, if you, whenever I switch on the radio, was um, immigration, immigration, mm -hmm. immigration. And you saw how emotional the people were when the little boy was washed up on the beach. But mm -hmm. within days, there were voices coming through uh, talking about, but these are Muslims, these are Muslims, we don't want them in Europe, mm -hmm. um, there'll be trouble. And so inside every hundred immigrants who come here because they're fleeing, um, the terror in the Middle East, there'll be a small percentage of ISIS people coming to attack us. So they always have this agenda to raise fear amongst the, the populations here about Muslims and, and that we want to destroy the Western way of life and we want to impose Sharia on, uh, on this country. And, and, and so that's how they do it. They do it by raising I, fear. But But... Issues like immigration, mm. okay, this is something that is discussed across the political board. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a le legitimate discussion? I mean, why is that Islamophobic? They managed to insert this um, Muslim question into almost any topic. So mm -hmm. um, the majority of the refugees coming this summer were presumably from Syria, some still coming from Afghanistan. So yes, they're, they're Muslims. And... This is this is um, how they do it, promoting fear about Muslims. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's very well known that in 2006, Douglas Murray of the Henry Jackson Society mm -hmm. went to the Dutch Parliament and gave a speech where mm -hmm. he said that um, things have to be made harder across the board for Muslims in Europe, and that immigration should be stopped. Muslim mm -hmm. from Muslim countries, specifically from Muslim countries. But we've also, I mean, heard um, uh, discussions around immigration in general, not necessarily against the Muslims, you know, you know immigration from Eastern Europe, uh, immigration from other countries who are not Muslim. So this has been discussed across the board. It's not necessarily targeted at Muslims, is it? Actually, when, when um, Eastern Europeans, predominantly from Poland, I think, started coming here years ago, the... Um, the people were quite happy, actually, particularly the church, because they were, um, as Roman Catholics, they were filling the churches that had been pretty empty. Mm -hmm. And so they were happy about that. But then they're definitely not happy about having Muslims here. Yes, it's a legitimate discussion. It's a legitimate discussion from the point of view that um, the, uh, the government's not prepared to spend on um, housing British people who need mm -hmm. who need homes. So people have a right to ask, well, where are these people going to be housed? Mm -hmm. But that's not <clears throat> that's not the argument that people like Douglas Murray put across. I yeah. mean, they 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 put the Islamophobic slant on this. I mean, he said in 2006 that um, perhaps one way to deal with 
the situation was to destroy mosques. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I, I'm sure I read something recently that uh, the French government post um, the, the recent um, attack in France um, had, had closed or destroyed some mosques there. So, so yeah, it's actually happening now. Well, well those, th those mosques that were closed were, uh, I'm assuming, illegal mosques, mosques that didn't have any registrations at all. Uh, so France is not actually closing down mosques. It's not. Uh, it's not. Mm. Uh, but, 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 but nonetheless, I, I, I fear that uh, Muslims are saying uh, there are these groups out there who are out there to get us. Okay. Is it a case of us losing the argument rather than uh, organizations who are uh, uh, propagating uh, uh, Islamic immigration, Muslim immigration to this country? I think example. we're, again, we're not very good at getting our message across, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And we're not, we're not very organized because, unfortunately, we're very divided amongst ourselves. Yeah. And we don't, I think, What's really interesting, what I found really interesting is um, a few years ago, I went to visit my family in Canada and I read up while I was there, I read a lot of um, Canadian mm. history on how they um, committed a genocide against the native population and how they specifically targeted their leaders. Mm -hmm. It was actually a policy. If you want to um, destroy a nation, then take take their leaders remove their leaders and we uh, i can see this a lot how they're operating in this country is that um the voices mm -hmm. who could be leaders and could represent us for example sheikh haitham al-haddad mm -hmm. um there's been a huge campaign to silence him mm -hmm. on universities and um, in the daily mail and yet he's a person who from the start wrote comprehensively about not joining um, the the battle in Syria and things like that. What we really need are these voices, both to speak to the youth so, because but, but they then, have influence. But, but then the, the blame is, is not on the Henry Jackson Society or any of these uh, organizations. Yes, it is. But, but, but the blame is rather the Muslim community's lack of leadership. Um, the blame is that anybody who puts their head above the parapet will be targeted in, if you're um, somebody with influence, I should say, it goes by influence, somebody like Sheikh Haitham who has influence, the ability to influence the youth in particular, mm -hmm. then they will become a target um, to weaken us as a community. And um, he, for his views, which are, at the end of the day, normal Islamic views uh, that most scholars would have um, of Orthodox Muslims, um, He's targeted for his views. So he he has been, as far as I understand, uh, his attempts to speak on camp university campus in the UK have been frustrated mm -hmm. by organisations like Student Rights, which are an offshoot of the Henry Jackson Society. So it always comes back to the same okay. the same people. Mm. Okay, okay we'll, so, well, we'll come back to that, um, mm -hmm. uh, student uh, societies, uh, Islamic societies in particular. You talk about Haytham al-Haddad mm -hmm. and uh, him speaking to the youth at universities. Mm -hmm. Is he really the right person to be speaking to the youth? I mean, there's the media, uh, there's a lot of negativity around him. Uh, the government don't like the things that he say. He's been labelled an extremist. I think the theory is that those who follow orthodox Islam um, 
are more likely to move on to terrorism, although it's exactly the opposite. People who are really know their religion mm. are not going to go on and involve themselves in terrorist acts. Also, mm. Sheikh Haitham has spoken out against things like that. Yeah. He 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 is the right sort of person because he has the Islamic um, background. He has the knowledge. So he's he's precisely the sort of person that the government should be utilizing. However, they want us to listen to people like Majid Nawaz and people like that who, who are totally rejected by the Muslim community, who have zero credibility with the Muslim community. Mm -hmm. But this is who they want to promote. And um, uh, unfortunately, this year, it became a legal duty for uh, universities to prevent any speakers on campus that may radicalize um, the youth. And so... But this goes across the board again. I mean, yeah. uh, for example, the likes of people uh, from EDL, mm -hmm. uh, they don't speak in uh, university campuses, do they? I think Tommy Robinson did a talk at the Oxford Union. And uh, of course, he's now gone on to uh, be part of the yeah. UK Pegida organization. But <clears throat> the thing is that the government wants to um, to promote a very progressive, liberal kind of Islam, mm -hmm. which the Muslims are not going to accept. Very few Muslims are going to accept that. And I believe that the conveyor belt theory that more orthodox Muslims are going to be more involved in terrorism has been disproved. Mm -hmm. So the government really is, I would say, barking up the wrong tree completely with with their um, ideas there. So, uh, so, so what's the role of these organizations, these uh, right-wing organizations? Well, there's uh, an offshoot of Henry in, Jackson's In stopping uh, people like uh, Haytham al-Haddad speaking at uh, university campuses, at lectures. Well, a few years ago, um, what I saw was quite horrific. They would, um, Henry Jackson has an offshoot called Student Rights. At that time, a few years ago, Rahim Kassam and Rupert Sutton headed up that organization. It had no connection with students. It had no credibility at all with any students. It wasn't working with students on universities at all in the UK. And yet they set up, um, they obviously had the funding, they set up um, this organization and they started um, writing articles about any Islamic speakers that would, would appear on, were, were due to appear on university and give talks. And they would find something um, that they'd said that they believed sort of went against British values, although we don't know what they are, um, mm. and attack that person. Now, their articles would be shared across other um, Islamophobic neoconservative organizations like, for example, Harry's Place, the mm. blog Harry's Place. Yeah. And from there, it would be picked up by um, fascist organizations like Casuals United and the EDL and they would threaten the venue provider mm -hmm. with with violence against their staff against their against the venue and then the police would be called in and the police would advise the venue provider that we can't guarantee that it will be safe if you hold this event we can we can try but we can't we can't 100% um, guarantee anything everything so the event would inevitably be closed down. So they're so quite this, effective in what they do. Very effective. It was very simple. So they, they were writing the articles 
Um, obviously, they would absolutely deny that they had any connection whatsoever with um, the sort of um, movements like Casuals mm -hmm. United. However, it was definitely th the art um, the articles that they wrote that mm -hmm. were um, activating, you know, these people to go in. But uh, universities, mm -hmm. uh, especially Islamic society, they yeah. have raised quite a lot of uh, eyebrows, uh, especially in the media. Um, we have instances where they have, for example, the topic of segregation yes. in Islamic events. Yes. Is, is, should that really happen in a modern day society in the UK? I believe that the media sensationalized their reporting on the segregation issue and that in fact it was um, voluntary segregation and that also mixed areas were offered for anybody who wanted to sit together. But why should that be really an issue? Why should uh, we have, for example, uh, many of those students, uh, the lectures are not seg segregated, uh, for example. Why should they have events which are segregated? They should have a choice. Why should they not? Um, if if Muslims choose to se uh, segregate, then mm. then they should be offered the opportunity to do so. And so mm. long as an area is provided, so that those who 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 don't wish to participate, unfortunately, what's happened is um, certain organisations, like for example, Student Rights or Henry Jackson, um, have successfully managed to portray the notion that segregation of the sexes means that women are uh, treated in, f in an inferior way. Mm -hmm. So whilst they're not asking Muslim women for their opinions, or at least they're not asking the right Muslim women for their opinions, they believe that uh, segregation disadvantages the woman, mm -hmm. although it may be that most Muslim women prefer to be segregated. Yeah. So they're, they're not asking us. It's like the niqab issue. It's um, we have to be liberated, but they're not asking us. The, the people who wear it, they don't ask our opinion. Mm -hmm. So they want to dictate to us uh, what women should wear. Should they? Are we oppressed by wearing the niqab, but, even but, if it's our but choice? But are you not giving them, uh, for example, fuel? Mm -hmm. You're giving them ammunition. Should this really be a debate? the fact that we have segregation in universities, which is a secular uh, foundation, which is a secular entity. Obviously, the, um, their job is to promote Islamophobia. So they're going to pick on anything that they find um, will catch the public's imagination, segregation um, or the niqab issue. And if, that, if, it, if the niqab was banned, then it would be the hijab issue and so on and so on and so but on. We're not talking about the mosque here. We're talking about a university. But okay, it's, which is a it's secular by choice. entity altogether. Uh, wh why should there be segregation? Why should there be uh, Islamic uh, principles or Islamic events that separate the different uh, sexes? Because it's, fr it's um, free choice, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, this country claims to have British values of, um, of choice and, and free will. So mm -hmm. if, they, if they choose to have that, and if the people are not being forced into segregated situations, which they're not, yeah. Um, then, then why not? That's that's. Um, it's like wearing the niqab. If I choose to wear it, some of these organisations that you've mentioned in your article, whether it's the Quillen Foundation, uh, Student Rights, they're all led by people who call themselves Muslims. Mm. Well, I mean, how could they be Islamophobic if they're led by people who call themselves Muslims? Well. Everybody has their price, apparently. Um, people like Majid Nawaz have made a career out of claiming to be um, an expert on extremism. And he's that's how he supports himself. Uh, Rahim Kassam, 
I don't know that he claims to be Muslim. He says that he was raised in a Muslim family. Actually, mm-hmm. in 2014, Rahim Kassam won the Islamic Human Rights Commission's Islamophobe of the Year Award. And he said that he would celebrate with the wine women and um, whiskey or some or wine women and song mm. or something like that. So he doesn't really claim to be a Muslim. But the fact that he has a Muslim name and the fact that he's mm. um, not white, he's people like that. Are, these Islamophobic organizations use them yeah. to claim that they have um, a balanced re- representation because there are Muslims. Mm-hmm. Uh, involved. So, yeah. I mean, in that case, h- how influential? I mean, what's the impact uh, of these organisations on Muslim Muslim groups, uh, individuals? Well, or? student rights ha- did unfortunately have a huge impact on on who- preventing talks from going ahead. Also, even off campus, um, the Muslim village where families were going to take their yeah. children in Yorkshire, they managed to get that closed down by uh, Casuals United or, or some group claiming that they would plan to bomb inside the venue. Mm-hmm. So they managed to get that closed down. But um, the, the pushback has started. Um, luckily, some students have, are getting organised and started off a group called Real Student Rights. Mm-hmm. So these are real students, not um, people mm-hmm. calling themselves groups that work for student rights. And I think the National Union of Students is, is also pushing back against what they call um, groups with a, an anti-Muslim agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 what, what are Muslims doing? Like, for example, you have the Real Students uh, uh, Initiative to counter-attack that. Um, what, what are other Muslim organizations who are counter-attacking or providing the, uh, a different narrative uh, for example, to counterattack the narrative of these right-wing organisations. Unfortunately, there are very few organisations that are pushing back. Uh, I think we're only just really waking up and mm. getting organised. We need to be a lot more alert. What I noticed in our community, our Muslim community, is what is apparent to people is that there are people like the EDL who they would perhaps encounter Islamophobia at that level. and But we need to be more aware of the sophisticated operators who work for these groups. And we need to have our voices heard more in the media. So any groups working on that. Um, what should Muslim organisations uh, be doing? MCB's rubbish, isn't it? No, but what should... So there's a, there's a lack of uh, Muslim leadership uh, you to, see, to provide a different narrative, okay, uh, and to because and to blame other organisations for our faults. I mean, shouldn't we really be talking about these subjects ourselves rather than being talked about uh, the Henry Jack by the Henry Jackson Society or uh, student rights group or the EDL? Uh, shouldn't we, as uh, as a Muslim community, be talking about these subjects? We really should be talking about them. Unfortunately, our mosque leaders are afraid, very afraid and they know that they're under huge scrutiny. So where are the people who are willing to stand up and speak out? The voices who do stand up, stand up and speak out are harassed by the security services and, uh, and arrested. So that's it. The, yeah. We're silenced. And I think uh, as a, uh, a worthy note to end uh, this subject, uh, thank you very much, Laura Stewart, for joining us on this episode of Face to Face. And to you, dear viewers, thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode of Face to Face. 
Uh, you can find out more about this subject on our website. But until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Francisco Dampoli.